again. I say uh, welcome back as we all kind of enter into the year. Who's kind of getting there, sort of? Like, so who, who, who had the abrupt shock with just school and routine and, uh, come on, teachers and parents alike. Uh, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> no, you've got to go to bed at 8 o'clock now. But I used to know it just like last week and it was heaps better, remember? We got a lot of that this week. and um, But it's going to be a good year. Who kind of feels it? I just, I'm liking the vibes of 2020. First off, it's an even number. It feels right. It always feels better on an even number. Is anyone else kind of like that? Just feels right. And 2020, it's like a double up. It's even better. It just makes sense. You just, you know? No one else is weird like me. That's fine. That's fine. Now it's gonna it's gonna be a great year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, talking about the year ahead, I'm really stoked. We've got our new church calendar out. Woo! Who kind of liked this last year? We we thought it was such a good idea that we're like, let's do it again. Um, so there you go. At the end of the service, it's our gift to you this morning for everyone. Take as uh, many as you like, but uh, start with one. Um, and. Uh, and take it with you. And the thing I love about it this year is it's got all of the church events. I mean, everything. You've got even when church is on. So there you go. It's on every Sunday. But uh, for those who weren't sure, it's on there. Uh, and, and everything else. You've got school holidays, uh, every single event, um, course. It's all on there. We went to a lot of effort. Let me tell you, this takes months not to print the thing, but actually to put everything in and go, right, we're going we're gonna to make sure that this is going to be helpful for everyone. So it's in there. The other thing that I love, and Jackie, you've done a wonderful job this year with designing it, is there's more space. So we had a space request, I think, and so there is a lot more space for your family calendar. So you can put everything in there. So make sure you get that as you exit today. And uh, take one. Give it to a friend. Say, God, people, purpose. There you go. That's the thing. Um, so that's waiting for you. The other thing I wanted to re- direct you to is these little guys. Um, these are, again, something that we did last year that we thought are useful. There's a whole on that uh, back bookshelf there, as well as looking very pretty, there's all these various cards. Now, they are there for, for, your, for you, okay? So if you want information on youth, guess where you go? Or youth. If you want real men, I want to know when the men, men's ministry events are on. You go to this guy. This is going to be difficult. There we go. Real men. Every woman. Dedications. I had Jürgen come up to me. He says, I'd love to dedicate my child. Well, all the dates are there. Look, look. Oh, are you all impressed? All in nights. We've got our first one on this Tuesday night. So we run them every month along with our church prayer. All the dates are there for you. Uh, Oh, these are new ones. So this year we've also put, for those that want to grow and not like this way, but in your heart and life and spiritual maturity, that kind of thing. Um, if you want to grow, I actually thought this morning, I was like, I was wondering if I was taller. Have you ever had that thought? Like, do I wish I was taller? I was like, no, I'm fine with my height. I don't know. It was just a weird thought I had driving past Newcastle Beach. But, um, bro, uh, where was I going? This is a really great idea. So that, that's for, if you want to grow in your faith and in your understanding of Jesus and Christianity. Uh, there's Alpha, Christian Essentials, uh, Valiant Men, Discover You. I love that course. That's starting very soon for anyone that kind of wants to f- figure out their purpose in life. 
uh, how they're made up, personality, uh, passions, everything that's coming up. So you can grab that one if you want to grow. If you want to develop yourself, so if you kind of feel like there's a little bit of leadership potential upon your life, then you grab that guy. I want to develop myself. Isn't that helpful? Why don't we give the team a big hand? I think it's fantastic. I love helpful things. It's very good. 2020, here we go. Are we ready for the word this morning? Actually, one was saying that one other thing I want to promo that's in there. Groups is starting very soon. February 10th is Groups Week. So in our church calendar, you'll see every second week is Groups Week. And that means basically interest groups, connect groups, dinner parties, they're all happening that particular week. So if you're interested in uh, being part of a group, and, and groups are this, okay? This is our posture for us as a church. Groups are about people finding friendship. More than anything, everyone needs friends, right? And we gather around common interests, and it's also very useful to gather around in terms of uh, learning about Scripture and also praying together. And so that all happens in groups. So if you want more information about that, see Pastor Dan. But also on Tuesday night, you're running an info session, aren't you? So if you are interested in running an interest group, maybe you've got a particular hobby that you like that you would feel would be more beneficial if others were included. Well, go and see Daniel and say, you know what, I'm willing to start up my puzzle group and share it with other people. doesn't matter how sexy it is, you can do it. You a puzzler? I don't mind a holiday puzzle. This is a new thing for me. You've done one? Congratulations. Everyone give Mel a hand. And if you, if you want to join with Mel in completing a puzzle this year, that's 2020 goals, um, go and see Mel. She's starting a puzzle group. <laughs> don't look puzzled. Oh, that's a Murray Halliburton joke just there. Thank you, buddy. There you go. Where is he? <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so today we are concluding this series on Jesus. We'll still talk about Jesus the rest of the year, I promise. Uh, but we've done this series on Jesus. And it's been so good. We've looked at all the different periods of his life, his, his childhood. Uh, we looked at Jesus in the wilderness. We all go through moments and seasons like that. Jesus in ministry. Uh, Ashley, so good last week. Wasn't that great? Phenomenal. And, and I, I, I so felt what he had to say. God loves what you do. You know? and, and we're all called to, to live out our lives in, in every single day of our life. So uh, that was a great message. And so I'm ending today with Jesus his death and resurrection, which we all share in. Does that sound good? And uh, tonight I'll also be teaching. So if you want to come in tonight, I'd love for you to come in. And, and look at this. We're doing all the things. Now you can bring in. The kids will be fed. They'll have a good time. And you can sit in and uh, be part of it. So does that sound good? Have you ever thought about this? I don't know if, if you have or haven't. But why did Jesus have to die? Like, surely there was another way. Has anyone ever entertained that thought? I know my son Judah has. He, he asked recently, he said, you know, if Satan decided to say sorry to God and ask for forgiveness, would everything change? That's, that's, a, that's a beauty. So Judah thinks thoughts like this. Uh, but I had this thought this is, as well this week. I'm like, why did Jesus have to die? And I want to talk about that a little bit more uh, tonight, but because uh, it was revolutionary. I mean, it's completely the opposite of what everyone was expecting the Messiah to come and do. I mean, back in the Old Testament, what did they do when, when the, the, the commission was given to cross over in the promised land? Basically, they said to Joshua and, and the crew, they say, annihilate everyone. 
we don't want anyone else breathing on planet Earth that's not, not with Israel. Kill them all. Pretty severe, right? And, and we saw this later again when Saul came in and became king. Slaughter, annihilate everyone. Kill them all, you know. And so that, there was very much this expectation that the, the, the saviour that was to come was going to annihilate everyone that opposed them which at that point was the Romans who were in governance. So they've got that expectation, right? No one was expecting the Savior of the world, God's Son sent to earth to actually die. Yeah? It's incredible. Why, why did it have to be that way? And I kind of want to speak into that a little bit today. If you are a basketball lover, uh, this week we uh, mourn the death of Kobe Bryant. Is there any Kobe fans here? Yeah, a couple. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm not a big basketball lover. I don't follow the NBA that much, but go for the Chiefs tomorrow in the NFL. But uh, it, 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 was, it was sad. And it was funny how if you're watching the media, everybody seemed to be mourning Kobe Bryant. Some people are like, I don't know who he is, but it's, how sad is it? Kobe died. You know, and they're kind of sad. And, and the reality is, is that Kobe Bryant actually, he retired back in 2016. So he hasn't played any basketball for a couple of years. So you, we haven't been watching him and enjoying him perform in the capacity that he had for many years. He hasn't been playing. He hasn't been visible that much. Uh, we can, you can still today go back and watch, I'm sure, every single game that he played and every single moment of where he broke records and do everything. You, that is still there. You can go and watch that and be part of it. And, and he was obviously remembered as this incredible basketballer right but then he dies suddenly along with his daughter and and a whole bunch of other people in a crash and the world kind of goes into shock it's on every single media outlet in the world and why is that it's because death is final isn't it it's like when someone dies that's it so i can still watch kobe play i can still remember every single incredible moment where he performed at you know at the highest of levels but he's now dead he won't be on planet earth ever again that's it his existence stops and and so death is final for any one of us who have ever lost a loved one and you know family or friend that's the toughest part i believe is that you you think i'll never see this person again right death is final and so this was the exact kind of this sounds morbid doesn't it it's, it's a little bit morbid. it's gonna end happy happy place i promise but um that, that's the whole thing, you know, with the disciples, they felt the exact same way. This is not how it was meant to play out, Jesus. Even though he told him, he's like, this is going to happen, guys. I'm going to die, and then I'm going to come back to life. And they just kind of let that go in one ear and out the other. So when Jesus dies, they are in, in the same place that we all are, where we lose someone that we love very much, particularly someone that was meant to be the savior of the world. They're in mourning. They go into an upper room and they're, they're there and they're completely discouraged. They're so, they're so discouraged and fearful that they're all just kind of in a, in a bundle. You can kind of see them all huddled down. The doors are locked. The shades are down. They're scared. They're discouraged. They're mourning. Jesus, the Savior, is dead. We won't see him again, or so they thought. And so death is final. It's something that obviously is a part of life as as we would say but it has this real reality that is, is sometimes very difficult to understand and process isn't it like wh why did this happen and this was the feeling that jesus 
that all the disciples felt when Jesus went is, is why, how can this happen? Now, in reality, we'll all go through different challenges and trials in life, yeah? And, and the thing about our challenges and trials, they're all unique to ourselves. Every one of us, while we might go through a particular diff- similar kind of circumstance, the way that we feel it and process it is different. But when someone dies, again, that, that's final. And so when Jesus died, it's just like all hope is lost. All, all hope is gone. What is going to happen? But who knows that what's incredible about difficult moments is that if you rise out of them, they become your greatest victories, yeah? And that's exactly what Jesus did. Who, who's been watching the Australian Open? Who watched that game with Roger Federer? Uh, who was he playing? Mum and Dad will know. And it's seven match points against him. It was incredible. I can't believe I've forgotten. Teams. Was it team? He's amazing. That guy's probably going to win. Who was it? Sangren. There, there we go. Thank you, Damien. Damien, of course, would know this. Um, but no, no one even remembers the play that he played, right? <laughs> I didn't. But we remember his incredible kind of tenacity and fire as he pushed through seven match points against him to actually push back and take victory in that match. And now we celebrate it. Although he hasn't made it all the way to the final, we celebrate that. How, how incredible he had victory over those difficult circumstances and rose above it. But death is different. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, it says, The last enemy is death. Now, the thing is, Jesus came, though, to give us life and life abundant, yeah? That's why he came. And so he, he had to go through a process where he lived life as we have, but then had to come to a point where he, he, he actually took on everything that we encounter and experience that would push back against us so that we might actually be able to step into life. And so that's why he actually needed to even take death on. It is the final enemy. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go right up to death and I'm going to knock all that away. I'm not only going to do away with sin and, and with sickness, but I'm even going to put away any kind of smell on death on people and I'm going to offer them eternal life. And that's why he did it. He had to take death on and he had to completely obliterate it. He took the sins of us all and then he defeated sickness and finally he died so that we would even have power even over death. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed through his wounding, yes? And as well as that, then he went on. I love it. Billy Graham, the most famous evangelist, said this. The resurrection blasts apart the finality of death, providing an alternative to the stifling, settling dust of death and opens the way to new life. Isn't that incredible? Jesus has made a way not only to defeat every challenge and circumstance and sickness that might come against us, but even still to go on and say, you know, the very thing that everyone fears and and that happens to everyone, I'm going to defeat that even so that every single person might have life. Isn't that good news, right? Um, So what must we do? If Jesus did this for us, what I want to talk about this morning is what is our response. And I want to turn to Romans uh, chapter 6. If you ever want to read just a bunch of good theology 
and doctrine, just get into Romans. And, and these chapters from, from all the way from chapter 3 all the way, um, all, all of it. It's fantastic. Chapter 6 uh, really speaks into this whole thing of, being, of us actually going through the process of being united with Christ in death. It says this in chapter 6, verse 1, What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in the newness of life. For we have been united with him in a death like his. We shall certainly be united with him in the resurrection of life like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Isn't that awesome? Can everyone say how good is that? Amen. Uh, what, this one verse in this whole incredible passage, though, really, I felt kind of like, what? Verse 5, it says that we're united in Christ's death and resurrection. I mean, it's almost kind of pompous of Paul to say this, isn't it? Like, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, who he went to the cross and he did the act that, that, that only he could do for all of us. And here he's saying, you know what? You and I, he's talking to the Roman church, and he said, you and I are actually united with Christ's death and resurrection. I mean, this is absurd. How, how can we be united with him? We weren't there with him. How, how could we be there? But he's saying here that we can be united with him. Uh, how, how can this be possible? I want to I go back to the cross to kind of figure this out. Does that sound good? Luke 23, and where, where we pick it up is Jesus is, is, he, he's, he's, uh, been, uh, he's gone before Pilate. He's been given his sentence to be crucified. He's been uh, whipped and, and, and tortured, basically. And now he's got this cross and he's taking it up to Golgotha and he's about to be crucified. And I want to pick up the story from there. Does that sound good? Verse 32 in chapter 23, and we don't have words on the screen this morning, so you'll have to turn there with me. It says this, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, for he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him coming up and offering with sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged rallied, railed out of him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. I, I think this is obviously one of the most incredibly difficult moments. Jesus not only is being crucified, he, he's... He's dying in the most painful, painful way that any human can die. But he's got everyone around him just absolutely giving it to him. 
hurling abuse. He's got the, the civic leaders. He's got the, the religious leaders. He's, he's got the, the soldiers, the, the military, the, the police per se. They're, they're scoffing at him. And then he's even got two people either side of him. And one of them, a criminal, is also hurling abuse at him, just absolutely giving it to him. If there was anything that you would, might just look for in that moment, it would just be a little bit of compassion, a little bit of love, and he's getting none of that. All he's getting is hatred, and he's being mocked and being told everything that you don't want to hear when you're in the most difficult moment. But the thing that I find so fascinating is that Luke actually records here that Jesus was crucified with two others. Now, Jesus Christ, the, the Messiah, without sin, Luke mentions that he's being punished, he's being crucified with two convicted criminals. Criminals. I mean, surely this is the kind of information that you could leave out. You could just leave that be, you know. It's all about Jesus right now on the cross. Let's just speak about that. Let's leave the two guys either side. It's kind of irrelevant. They're just two criminals who have been exec- are being executed for wrong that they have done. They're probably political prisoners because Romans weren't executed this way. They were probably people that were, you know, had committed treason. The, the, these are people that are very probably have done very bad things. And Luke decides to mention that they're there. I mean, I think leave out the details. Let's speak about Jesus. But I think Luke does this because he wants to draw out exactly something that, that really speaks to us even today. Amen? I love this, that while, while Jesus is getting hurled all this abuse, he says this. He says, forgive them for they know not what they do. But here's Jesus, God's perfect son, offering forgiveness to every single person present. He's saying, forgive them. While, they, while their cries and their words of abuse are screaming at him, he says to them, you know what, forgive. You, you, you actually don't understand what you're doing. And so I release forgiveness. I think this is astonishing. The, the, you've got to remember, he's got... He, 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 He's struggling with the same kind of feelings that we would have that I've, you know, the feelings of complete, like, I, I've done nothing wrong. That would have been, uh, why, why, why does that have to happen this way? He even asked God, his father himself, he said, isn't there another way? There's got to be another way. But there he is and he, get, and he speaks these words that are so powerful that change all of our lives today. He says, you know what? Forgive them. I don't hold them. On their words, I offer forgiveness. And Jesus speaks this out. What I find really incredible, though, is in this last passage in verse 40. And he says this. And this is when the criminals, the convicted criminals, either side of them, speak to Jesus. But the other rebuked him. Well, sorry, verse 39. One of the criminals who were hanged rallied at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. See, this is incredible. While Jesus offers forgiveness to every single person standing before him, and while he offers forgiveness to every single person in all time, he he offers it freely. There's only one person this day that actually receives it. Have you ever thought about that? One person that actually sees what's going on. If they were political prisoners, I, I, I wonder if they'd actually try to revolt against the Romans and they were, they were, they were maybe even fighting and believing for a cause where they would overthrow. And, and Jesus, he should have been right at the center of that. But there they are all hanging there being executed in the same way and one of them starts to say hey where's this kingdom you were going to you were going to raise up if you really got all this authority then do something the thing that's significant about being on the cross is that you've got nothing but your words all of your freedoms are now taken away your arms, your feet, your body is broken. You've got nothing. The only thing you have is your words. And some of you might say, you know, in reading this story, well, of course this one criminal said, you know what? I'm sorry. Because what else has he got to lose? But at the same time, the other, if you've ever been again at someone's deathbed, the last thing that we have, the last freedom that you and I ever have is our words. The freedom to actually choose who is Lord over our life. And so one guy goes and he says, I'm not even going to give that up. In this moment, I'm going to hold on to the pride that I have. This little bit of last breath that I have. You've got to understand, they, they can hardly breathe. You die from a, a, a fisticate, what is it? Um, they suffocate. And they, they've got to rally themselves just to be able to get out some words. And so one with the last bit of breath that he has, he goes, I'm going to hold on to the pride that I have, this last little bit, and I'll die with it. The other one. With the last breath that I have in my lungs, I'm going to acknowledge that I've done wrong. I've done wrong. And I acknowledge that you're, you're the Savior of the world. And I ask, can I stand with you when we're into, into this next world? One holds on to the pride, the last little bit of breath that he has in him. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to this life that I have and I'm, I'm going to choose just me, my will. I'll die with it. The other says, not my kingdom come, your kingdom come. The incredible thing is, just weeks earlier, Jesus spoke to the disciples the interesting thing is to crucify, actually, if you read in Strong's Concordance, it says to impale on a cross figuratively, to extinguish, to hear, listen to this, to subdue passions or selfishness. 
there was a second crucifixion that took place here. Can you see that? And it was the crucifying of one's own will. He surrendered. <sighs> I'm offering my life. The last breath that I have, you are mine and I am yours. In Luke chapter 9, Luke says, records this, Jesus speaking to the disciples. He says, the Son of Man is destined to experience great suffering and face complete rejection by the Jewish leaders and the religious hierarchy. He will be killed and raised back to life on the third day. See, he told them this is going to happen. Jesus said to all of his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. If you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will lose what you try to keep. You must disown your life embark on a discovery of life that goes from more to more to more. One says, I'll hold on to everything, the last little bit of pride that I have. The other Luke records says, I'm handing it all over. I'm going to die saying Jesus was crucified and he offered my life for me. For me and I'm going to step into his kingdom. I share this today. We are united with Christ in his death. And the way that we share in that is by crucifying our own will and desire to say, Jesus, my life is yours. With the breath in my lungs, I say, Jesus, my life is yours. I lay down, I crucify my own will believing that your plans are best, your kingdom come, your will be done. Isn't that incredible? My encouragement today, church, is that as we step into a new year and as, as the word says, God's got such a great plan for you to discover and embark on a journey that would see you go from one place of glory to another, that you might experience all of the abundant life that He has promised to you, not just in this life, but forevermore. It's right there before you and you have the choice. Will I hold on to the life that I have and say, I'm gonna figure it out I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to make some decisions that I think are right for me. And I'm going to use the breath in my lungs and the life that I'm living to take hold of life in the way that I want it. Or will you choose to surrender? We all have the choice today. We're, we're going to take communion today. And I want to encourage us all to take a moment to remember 
what Christ did. He paved a way. He made a way that we might receive life and life in all of its fullness. He took death and sin and sickness and He crucified it. He gave up of His own will, His own desires to say, for all of humanity, I'm going to offer life and life to the full. And then He says, your choice. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I want to invite everyone to just close their eyes right now. All of you are loved by God so, so much. If it was just you on planet Earth, He'd give His life just for you. You're loved by Him. You've been created by Him. He has a great plan and a purpose for you, but will you today choose Him and lay down your life? If you're here and you haven't accepted Christ's love, His forgiveness before, in just a moment, I'm going to get you to raise your hand if you want to receive that life, if you want to start a new life where you're free of all of the struggles, the the pain, the, the condemnation, the guilt to receive forgiveness, to receive life. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray and something is going to happen in your life that is going to change everything for you. I know it. And secondly, if you today are just saying, you know what? I started to just take hold of life in the way that I want it. I know you've got a plan, but I've wandered off. And just right now, if you want to rededicate your life and say, God, I'm handing it over today. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm receiving your love in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well. And I'm going to pray. And there's going to be a shift in your world today. And finally, if you're here and you're saying, you know what? I'm not sure about it all. I've, I've got questions. I, I, don't, I, I can't be sure that I'm going to heaven one day. I want to pray for you as well because I believe that you can be sure. Through the presence of God inside of you, the Holy Spirit, you can be sure. So all across this place, just while every eye is closed, if you're one of those three people, I just want you to raise your hand really quickly. And I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to experience Christ's love right now. Is there anyone that I can pray for? Just raise your hand really quickly and say, yes, pray for me. Today, I want to be sure. Today, I want to come back. Today, I want to give my life completely to Christ. I want to receive His forgiveness. I want to receive His love. Is there anyone that I can pray for right now, just as we close this service, last few moments? Thank you, God. All right, well, I'm going to invite us right now. We're going to sing this song, Only You. Such the right words to sing. And I want to invite you to come forward and take communion. And the reality is, we all do have our own desires, our own will, right? And we need to choose even, he says that you must give your life completely. And I want to encourage you in that completely part today. Will you completely, as you come forward and you take hold of the cup and the bread and you remember what Christ did for you, will you today dedicate your whole life and lay down your will to him, amen? Come on, why don't we stand? Just come forward as you're ready. The ministry team are going to be here. If, if you want them to join with you and just encouraging you and praying with you, they're going to be present. But just come forward as you're ready.